I don't know, maybe this is a sign that I shouldn't be here today. Elevator's not working. We couldn't find the old ramp that used to be outside here. So it's just like, okay, hopefully this, this isn't God's sign saying, no, you shouldn't be here this morning. Um, if you don't already know me, my name is Lynn Stevenson. I've been attending this church for six years now when I moved here from Calgary, Alberta. Um, so Pastor Jeff is on sabbatical this month, and he asked if I would like to do the sermon today. And my first response was, of course. But then I'm like, oh, shoot. What am I going to talk about? And Jeff was saying, I don't know, maybe there's a passage in the Bible that speaks to you that you'd like to discuss. I'm like, uh, nope, can't think of anything. He said, well, maybe there's something near and dear to your heart that you'd like to talk about. Uh, nope, still don't have anything. So for three days, um, I mean, I quad with my dog Loki in the mountains every day. But for three days when I was quadding Loki during this time, then I was trying to think, what am I going to do? I got this song that was stuck in my head. And now that I'm 62, I just listen to Christian, um, contemporary Christian music. But when I was in my early 20s, I listened to rock music. And my favorite band was called Styx. So, uh, yeah, someone else, yeah? Again, I'm not the only older person here that, yeah. Um, so anyway, the song was stuck in my head for three days. I'm like, ah. Oh, this is annoying. I'm just going to go home after I finish quoting Loki and just play the song because usually if I play it, then it gets unstuck in my head and I can just kind of, okay, that's good, and I can move on. So I played the song, and then it's like, whoa, now I know what I'm going to talk about. So the lead singer of Styx, his name is Dennis DeYoung, and he was was playing um, or s sorry he was he was trying to figure out uh, a way to solve this problem that he was having and his son was being bullied so he was praying every night for you know some solution to this um, he wrote this song and this song was because of yeah his issues his problems that he was dealing with so I'd like to play you this song so you kind of know what inspired me here today.
Sorry. Um, we all pray for various reasons. Some pray for the ability to have children. As hard as they pray, they may continue to see no results, and they can lose their trust in God. Um, in the Bible, we read about the story of Sarah and Abraham, who were not able to have a child for the longest time. The next couple of videos are just kind of more for the kids, so they... Okay, just a side note. When I was a kid and I came to church, I had to sit in the hard pew and do nothing, and mo keep still, and not say a word, and I got nothing out of the sermons. They were just like, Phew. So anyway, I just um, included some um, videos for mainly the kids. So if I can share the first one with you, it's Sarah and Abraham's video. God's story, God's promise to Abraham. So part of God's story is about a promise God made to Abraham, and it begins like this. Once there was a guy named Abraham. He had a wife, Sarah. They didn't think they could have any kids, which was a major disappointment because they really wanted a family. But little did Abraham know that God had a very special plan for him. When Abraham was 75 years old, God promised to give him kids, and one day God would send the rescuer through his family. All God asked was that Abraham and Sarah leave their home first and follow him. 
Now, they had a tough choice to make, leave all their friends and trust God or stay comfortable. This was not easy. See, Abraham really wanted kids, but was already pretty old. Sarah was getting up there too, not to mention she had never been able to get pregnant. So if Abraham and Sarah were going to leave their home and trust in God's promise, they had to believe that God would do something that seemed impossible. The good news is they decided to trust that God would keep his promise. That's always the right choice. So Abraham and Sarah moved from their home to a land called Canaan. Right away, God reminded Abraham of his promise. He said, I will make your children like the dust of the earth. Can specks of dust be counted? If they can, then your children can be counted. This was God's funny way of telling Abraham he would have a lot of kids because nobody can count every piece of dust. Well, this promise seemed great, but after a while, Abraham and Sarah still had no kids, let alone as many as the pieces of dust. Now, they were really old. Sometimes God doesn't remind us of his promises because he wants us to learn to trust him. But God took Abraham outside at night and told him to look at the stars. He reminded Abraham that he would give him that many kids. So Abraham decided to keep believing God. He and Sarah waited again. After more years, he got impatient. This time, God told Abraham, by next year, Sarah will have a son. But by now, Abraham was 99 years old. He and Sarah had both given up on having kids and God's promise. In fact, when Abraham told Sarah what God said, she laughed. It's probably not a good idea to laugh at God's promises, but Sarah was tired of waiting and had stopped trusting. The great thing is, even if we think it's impossible, God really does keep his promises. And just like God promised, Sarah got pregnant the next year after Abraham's 100th birthday. When her son was born, she named him Isaac, which means laughter. Sarah said, God has given laughter to me. Everybody who hears about this will laugh with me. And think about it. A really old lady having a baby is pretty funny. God kept his promise to give Abraham and Sarah a son. Even though they didn't think it was possible, it was easy for God because he can do anything, including giving old people babies. And remember how God was going to give Abraham as many children as the stars in the sky? Well, Isaac grew up and had children who had more children who had more children. This kept going and going and going. And guess who eventually was born in Abraham's line? The rescuer himself, God's son, Jesus. All because Abraham followed God and trusted God to keep his promise. And that's the story of God's promise to Abraham. So in case you missed it, here's the quick version. Abraham and Sarah were old. God promised to give Abraham kids. Abraham and Sarah waited. They got impatient. God reminded them he keeps his promises. Abraham and Sarah waited more. They got impatient again. God told them Sarah would have a baby. Sarah laughed. She had a baby. Jesus was eventually born into their family. God always keeps his promises. And that's a part of God's story. So hopefully couples don't have to wait until they're that old. And... Uh, and, and that long of a period before they can conceive a child. Um, but Sarah and Abraham put their trust in God and they did conceive a child. Um, just one more video. Um, just, you know, there's people that pray for sick relatives or family that are, you know, that are sick or, or even dying. And um, this is similar to the story of Jesus' friend Lazarus. So Mary and Martha, they asked for Jesus' help um, to come back because Lazarus was really sick. 
but Jesus doesn't come back until after Lazarus dies. So again, Jesus answers our prayers in his own timing. Only when Mary and Martha give up hope does Jesus come to awaken Lazarus. Stories of the Bible. Jesus raises Lazarus from the dead. This is Jesus. hey Who is the Son of God and the Savior of the world. While Jesus was on earth, he taught everyone about God's love. He did many miracles and healed people of their sickness. Jesus had a friend named Lazarus who was very sick. <coughs> he had two sisters named Mary That's okay. and Martha Here you go. who sent a message to Jesus telling him, Lord, your dear friend is very sick. But when Jesus heard about it, he said, Lazarus's sickness will not end in death. No, it happened for the glory of God. Uh, so although Jesus loved Martha, Mary, and Lazarus, he stayed where he was for the next two days. All right, I, let's go. Finally, he said to his disciples, let's go back to Judea. Uh, are you sure? But his disciples did not think this was a good idea because the people in Judea had tried to kill Jesus. But Jesus told them they were going anyway. He said, our friend Lazarus has fallen asleep, but now I will go and wake him up. Eh, be okay. The disciples thought Jesus meant Lazarus was simply sleeping. So Jesus told them plainly, Lazarus is dead. What? And for your sakes, I'm glad I wasn't there. For now you will really believe. Come, let's go see him. Thomas said to his fellow disciples, let's go too and die with Jesus. When Jesus arrived at Bethany, he was told that Lazarus had already been in his grave for four days. Many people had come to be with Mary and Martha because their brother had died. When Martha got word that Jesus was coming, she went to meet him. Martha said to Jesus, Lord, if only you had been here, my brother would not have died. But even now I know that God will give you whatever you ask. Jesus told her, your brother will rise again. Yes, Martha said, he will rise when everyone else rises at the last day. Jesus told her, I am the resurrection and the life. Anyone who believes in me will live even after dying. Do you believe this, Martha? Yes, Lord, she told him. I have always believed you are the Messiah, the Son of God. Then she returned to Mary. She told Mary, the teacher is here and wants to see you. So Mary immediately went to him. When the people who were at the house consoling Mary saw her leave so hastily, they assumed she was going to Lazarus's grave to weep. Oh, let's go too. So they followed her there. When Mary arrived and saw Jesus, she said, Lord, if only you had been here, my brother would not have died. When Jesus saw her weeping and saw the other people wailing with her, a deep anger welled up within him. Where have you put him? He asked them. They told him, Lord, come and see. Then Jesus wept. The people who were standing nearby said, 
See how much he loved him? But some said, This man healed a blind man. Couldn't he have kept Lazarus from dying? Jesus was still angry and he arrived at the tomb. Roll the stone aside, Jesus told them. Wait, hold on, Jesus! But Martha protested, Lord, he has been dead for four days. The smell will be terrible. Jesus said, Didn't I tell you that you would see God's glory if you believe? Go ahead. So they rolled the stone aside. Then Jesus said, Father, thank you for hearing me. You always hear me. But I said it out loud for the sake of all these people standing here. So they will believe you sent me. Then Jesus shouted, Lazarus, come out! And Lazarus came out, his hands, feet, and head wrapped in cloth. Uh -huh. Jesus told them, unwrap him and let him go. Many of the Jews who were there believed in Jesus, for he had raised Lazarus from the dead. So you have to think, you know, that Mary and Martha, uh, when they asked uh, Jesus to come back to heal Lazarus, they must have lost hope. Like their brother died and, and Jesus didn't come back. But we have to remember um, that God answers our prayers in his own timing. We need to remember that the Heavenly Father sees all and knows all. We can put our full trust in him. We read in the Bible the miracles that he performed, but he continues to perform miracles today. Sometimes we pray for a specific answer to our prayers. In our minds, we know how the outcome should look and how it should get there. But God may have a different, better solution for us. Sometimes um, we're so focused on our own problems and, and how we think the end result should be that we don't even um, realize that Jesus is healing or answering our prayers um, in his own timing. Proverbs 3, 5 to 6. Trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways submit to him and he will make your path straight. Life can be messy and full of problems with decision-making that can be very overwhelming at times. However, when we turn to God wholeheartedly and pray daily for his guidance, he is sure to put us right where we need to be. God is a way maker. He will make a way where there seems like there is no way. He works in ways that we cannot see. Personally, by walking with the Lord, I was given a second chance on life. When I was 32 years old, I was diagnosed with an aggressive spinal tumor that was only going to be days before I, that I died from it. Um, my back pain was excruciating at that time. And after several surgeries, chemotherapy, radiation procedures, I had pretty much given up hope of ever seeing my three young boys grow up get married, have babies of their own. 
Although I was constantly praying to God throughout my pain and my procedures, I wasn't seeing any positive changes happening. We've all heard the saying that God won't put more on our plate than we can handle. Well, I was thinking, man, I must have this really huge serving plate with so much on it. 1 Corinthians 10, 13. No trial has overtaken you that is not faced by others, and God is faithful. He will not let you be tried beyond what you are able to hear, but with the trial will also provide a way out so that you may be able to endure it. God did intervene, and he did give me my life back. My pain is manageable, and 30 years later, I'm blessed with four grandchildren. Being in a wheelchair, God has given me the perfect opportunity to evangelize. Often strangers approach me in town and ask if they can put my groceries in my vehicle or hold the door open for me or just to push me over a busy intersection on Baker Street. But this often gives me the opportunity to have a conversation with these good Samaritans. I'm frequently asked well, why I'm cheerful and how can I be cheerful when I'm a paraplegic? But I can honestly tell them that the Lord has blessed me in so many ways. I probably would be that depressed, angry person if I didn't have God walking beside me. Yes, I also know friends and family are thinking, yeah, she's pretty stubbornly independent too. And often people will ask if they can help me, and I refuse it. So I'm still learning and growing and trying to allow people to help me out more. There are just as many strangers that approach me and ask if it's all right for them to pray over me. That can be a grateful spiritual experience as well. Let's all pray. Heavenly Father, before we even pray to you, you already know our fears and trials. You will never abandon us and will always be there for us. If we are feeling lost or helpless, we can turn to you and you will guide us through the darkness. We can trust in your power and never give up hope. You're always walking with us and when we fall behind, you're there to catch us and ahead of us to show us the way. I would just like to um, end this with my favorite Pastor Jeff's benediction. As you go, family and friends of the Nelson Covenant Church, may the love of God the Father, the grace of God the Son, and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit be with you all this week. And all God's people said, Amen. Thanks, guys.